come a homicide detective is so interested in uh, stolen property? First of all, that's confidential information. Second of all, I'll ask all the questions around here. I'm working on a tip. I think I'm putting a stake out in here. You know, before I put that window in, I was hit three times in one month. But I don't need that stake out now. Yeah, why's that? Because of Pedro. Pedro! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. He's, he's, shooting, that he's shooting me down before I even start. <laughs> nope. <coughs> no to whatever you're going to say next. Oh, shit. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. Sometimes it works. <laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> How you been? It's been, ah, I see I saw you last week. Anything interesting going on? I mean, in the news there is. We'll mark our, well, this is a timestamp for history right here, because uh, Trump was indicted yesterday. <laughs> now <laughs> The people, clown show continues. Now all oh, the big craziness. news stations already have their, uh, their banners and everything. They get like the... Uh, like the shadow of Trump's face with the fucking uh, American flag going through it on uh, memes and everything going up. So it's treated like on the chi- news. Chinese like- social media was some stuff was going viral about U.S. is disgraced. Trump should come join the Communist Party. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that. I was even joking about that to my wife. And I said, wouldn't it be great if he disappeared in the middle of the night and just went to Russia? I was like, I knew you guys were buddies. He doesn't want to go to Russia. They're, nah. they're screwed. Well, China. He had, he's stupid though, so he thinks, oh, they coddle me every time I go over there. They must love me, and then they go over there and they throw him in the fucking what is their their version of the gulag? Is that uh, what? It is? Um, I wouldn't want to be in either prison system. Just yeah, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't want to mess with it at all. <laughs> so, movie related. Uh, anything interesting you watched this week? Um, not just the one we're going to talk about. Just the one we're going to talk about. Yeah. See, I keep you, I keep you good with some movies at least. If every we didn't do weeks. the podcast, I. Oh, that's a shame, man. That's I'd watch sad. the same 20 movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that, too. I do watch a whole bunch of, like, similar kind of movies and everything. I, I mean, was telling this, Justin... I'm just into those financial... Right financial now, All movies. those financial crime movies. They had the new trailer for the new Wes Anderson movie comes out. Man, he really does have a unique style that uh, that you can look at for three seconds and know that it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Color-wise and stuff, mm-hmm. because it's this one looks just like how Moonrise Kingdom looked. It looked just like all of them look. Moonrise they even Kingdom. got they even leaned into it more. Like Moonrise Kingdom and the Grand Budapest have that really unique, very colorful. Everything is like pastel and but looks the, like from the but 50s. But it, it isn't surreal like the submarine one, right? No, it doesn't look surreal. It looks more like, you know how those fake... Uh, wh- what was the movie with the... Uh, I know they did it a little bit in that Crystal Skull, but that fake community that they set up outside of the missile-like launch areas in the desert. Okay. You know, and it makes it looks like it's stuck in the 50s mm-hmm. and everything. Almost like how uh, that Don't Worry Darling looks. It's almost like the late 50s, early 60s kind of uh, look. And all Wes Anderson's movies have that. And he always has, like, in this movie too, he's got like 30 stars Everyone that's been in all of his other movies, Jason Swartzum has a huge character in it. But it looks good. It look, like all his movies, can, it looks fun. I can some of them. I, I don't dislike any of his movies. Yeah, they're all fun. But you, you watch every one of them. Like, they're yeah. like, yeah. I mean, some but it, it's are. also ones that I don't rush to see. I eventually will see them. That Moonrise Kingdom was great. The Moonrise Kingdom was great. I loved the Grand Budapest. I thought the Grand that Budapest was with Ray Fiennes. Yeah. It was basically like noises off. Uh, I mean, with him running in the rooms and mistakenly mistaking other it's people. It's never a laid back movie. No, it's a constant kind of mild roller coaster, yeah. not stressful not roller coaster. Stressful, but speaking have, of which, the new uh, like I bet mom doesn't like him. That's a good. Uh, I think there's a couple that she's liked, but I just she would like Moon uh, uh, Moonrise she doesn't Kingdom. Like, that was uh, slower. She doesn't like fast paced action movies. She doesn't like John Wick. Anything that's like John Wick, she doesn't want. And I sent her uh, Baby Driver mm-hmm. by uh, Edgar Wright, and uh-huh. apparently that was a little too fast for her. She said because she gave me a review on every movie I had sent her, and I was like, "You didn't mention Baby Driver." She's like, "Oh, I didn't like that one." And I was, she's like, "It's when too I was fast down paced there, for me." When I was down there a while ago, she said you sent her a bunch of older movies, yeah, and she didn't really like them. Oh, some of the older ones, yeah, yeah. I don't know which ones. Uh, I can tell which ones uh, that she's going to really, really like, and then there's other ones that she should probably see that she That's, might like. I think That's that was more of it. It was something she's never heard of yeah, and yeah. didn't like it. Oh, man, I sent her a good one that I made my fantastic list last year called The Collector, and she's like, I don't know how the hell you found this one. It's Terrence oh, Stamp. Yeah, yeah. It's the Terrence Stamp movie where he 
he kidnaps this lady and uh, puts her in a basement and just takes care of her. He doesn't want to rape her. He doesn't want to have her for ransom. He just wants to, similar, make her breakfast and have talks with her. And he's a super nice guy. Okay, I did see the show. And and you're like, what the hell? And it was so good. And it's got such a great ending and everything. And she absolutely loved it. So there's some of those old ones. uh, It's some of the ones in the 90s that you were like, oh, this was good. But was it? Was it great? <laughs> so it's interesting. Uh, I only watched one movie this week uh, because I was uh, re-watching a whole bunch of stuff. Justin and I are going to do the FX series soon, so uh, that's a hint to everyone listening. If you want to uh, check out the FX films. You're going to review one two movies that run uh, FX? <laughs> no. This, uh, well, what's interesting about FX, and I might have to tell Justin this or he'll be texting me saying, I can't find it on Tubi. If you type in FX in the search menu, it will not show up. It will not show up at all. You have to push F slash X. And without the slash, you won't be able to find it. Yeah. That's I was weird like, that's so some, strange. Some, uh, why don't you just put that in your search queue? Not for the on the other end. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it makes no sense why they wouldn't do it. So the movie I did watch this week, and this was a... I went down a rabbit hole of Sean Cunningham films because... Sean, oh, we all get there. Uh, well, Sean Cunningham did the... Friday 13th. He was okay. a producer for almost all of them, but he did direct the first one, and he might have directed one of the other ones. Uh, but he also did Spring Break, the uh, movie that I had recently watched that was decent but not great. So I was I was looking at his filmography, and he had, had produced a ton of stuff but not directed a whole bunch. And one of them I had come across was called – it had such, an, such a name that we'll forget it the second I'm done talking about it – is 1982's A Stranger is Watching. I mean, it sounds like the title of 10 other movies. Yeah. And it's based on a Mary Higgins Clark book – from like the early uh, or late 70s. It's so actually really good. It made my very good list. Uh, definitely not, didn't make my fantastic, but it was really good. Do you know who Kate Mulgrew is? She's uh, She was in Orange is a New Black. I know what you'll know her from. She is the military lady from Remo Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen her recently. Yeah, she was in Orange is a New Black. No, she I've plays the Russian girl Red recently. on Orange is New Black. If you listen and you watch uh, Orange is New Black, but she's also, uh, she was in one of the Star Trek uh, series too. She was like the captain mm-hmm. on one of the deep space something, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, so take her out of the situation. At the very beginning of the movie, it's this uh, this guy, uh, there's his wife and his daughter, and someone breaks into their house and rapes and murders the daughter. And uh, the kid witnesses it, then we jump forward three years. The father's just raising her alone, and uh, he's dating Kate Mulgrew, who is a uh, uh, news reporter, and the guy that committed the murder of the wife is on death row, but he's fighting for his life, says it wasn't him. So, and we're like we're like five hours before execution here, and the guy who actually did it, Rip Torn, creepy-ass Rip Torn in this movie. I mean, there's no way in the world people can't imagine Rip Torn being creepy because he's kind of creepy even when he's in a comedic roles. But he played the villain in this, and he was the one who actually did the murder, and he kidnaps the daughter, and... Uh, Kate Melgar just happened to be there, kidnaps her too, knocks him out, brings him to uh, Grand Central Station, uh, puts him in bags one at a time, does one, then does the other, puts him in a bag and carries him over their shoulder right through traffic and uh, people like in that main hallway in uh, Grand Central, goes down to the bowels of Grand Central where he knows there was a, uh, uh, like one of the, <clears throat> it was like a kitchen cleaning uh that cleaned dishes that was underneath one of the restaurants above and it was all sealed up and he somehow went in there and stashed them both in there and that's where he was keeping them and they were trying to find out ways to escape while he was up on top trying to get ransom and see how he was dealing with everybody but he was fucking creepy like he had an inside guy at some point that knew the family and at some point they revealed it and he's just sitting in his uh in his house, and the guy's like, you said you wouldn't hurt these women. And he was he was like, I can't leave these women alive. They've seen me. He says, it just comes with the territory, buddy. Get used to it. And he's making a sandwich and everything. And he's like, here, chill out. Have a sandwich. You'll be all right with it. He's like, I'm not all right with it. And all of a Who sudden- Who is this, his friend? Rip Torn's friend and, and partner, basically, with it. But he was like, he was friends with the family. I think he's the one to open the window that was like oh. on the second floor when he had to go and kidnap her. And he's, he's just talking. Yeah, he's just talking to the uh, to the guy while uh, Riptorn's making a sandwich, and he keeps telling him, "I don't think it's gonna work. It's not gonna work. We're all gonna get caught." And Riptorn suddenly turns to him and underhand throws the knife and hits him right in the fucking stomach, uh, or right in the uh, in the heart. And uh, then he just 
continues eating his sandwich and everything, and you're like, holy shit, Rip Torn's kind of badass in this movie, man. So it was exciting. I liked it. It was... At first, you you were thinking you might be watching like a uh, made-for-TV type movie type of thing, but then while you were watching it, it was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And it, it had like a, a budget and the kind of a gross to it, so it wasn't like, I don't think it was a TV movie, but A Stranger is Watching. Good luck remembering that because there's A Stranger Among Us. They should retitle there's, it and re-release There's so many different things. I mean, call it something evil like The Kidnapper or The, yeah. uh, the uh, I don't know, anything. Grand Central Station Killer. All that type of stuff would be great. But today... This is such a good movie. This is one of the movies that I've got set up right here in that box to send uh, mom because she just finished a whole bunch. And I'm going to send her another uh, another 20 of them. And this is Miami Blues from 1990. Now, I saw this. This was another late night HBO movie for me. And it was and it was really good. Like three-fourths of this movie is really good. And then it goes batshit crazy awesome in yeah. the last 15. Uh, and we'll talk about it all and everything Uh why don't you give us just like that log line again of the basics behind it? Um, Alec Baldwin's character is a criminal. <laughs> in every sense of the word. In every sense of the word with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And you oh. thought you you thought he you were going to see some eventually because he meets up with a prostitute yeah. and kind of falls for her. And then they have a mis, misadventure, we'll just say. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. So before we go into it, and we're going to be spoiler heavy, so check this out on Tubi. I was looking, I think they lose movies every, the beginning of, or end and beginning of every month, because I actually looked at a list of the movies that were leaving tomorrow. Shitload. I mean, like, they must be getting a shitload in, but they're losing, like, a hundred, like, big, big titles. Robocop, John Wick movies are going and everything. All That Jazz is going, which I just watched on Tubi. I think I talked to Justin about it in the last one. That was a fantastic movie that you didn't think was going to be fantastic. That All That Jazz. Who was it? Roy Schneider is basically playing uh, Fosse, like the uh, the choreographer, mm-hmm. and it's him getting ready for a show uh, that's going to, uh, like, almost Noises Off style, get, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a musical, and it's just all about the drugs, and he's basically, like, at the end of his life trying to kill himself. He's doing so much drugs and shit. It was great. But that's leaving Tubi. If you, uh, well, if you listen to this, you are already, already gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a sick joke we just played on you. I was super thrilled when I saw mm-hmm. Miami Blues was on this, man, because this was, like I said, it was an early 80s one that I absolutely loved, and I introduced to a lot of people I was early a big, 90s uh, early 90s sorry I was a big fan of being the like when we did Miracle Mile and no one had heard about that movie even in our family and I was like this is the movie we gotta watch this this is a good one that I would seek out movies where a lot of uh, my friends were seeking out specific movies by alright I'll watch all the Stallone movies I'll watch the Schwarzenegger movies I was like no I'll watch movies I never heard of just so I can see if they're good or not and I still do that I mean it felt like an <laughs> 80s movie because it was in the yeah 1990s. it was probably filmed in 89 released so, in 90 so and, it, and I was really into that post Don Johnson yeah kind of attitude well so let's go through the cast here Alec Baldwin who's obviously the the poster does not help with this either he's Tim with the biggest gun he's got the biggest handgun you've ever seen in your life cal. in this movie Desert Eagle. it's it's massive it's a hand cannon it's the same one that the locks talk and two is that what it is yeah. man it's huge it's so crazy and they they shoot the film in a lot of ways where they're like at the barrel of that gun so it looks massive so I know he's having a rough time with guns he probably doesn't want to see that poster going anywhere but as far as cast goes and I I love to look at these especially with this movie because this movie is kind of with the exception of Alec Baldwin it's filled with character actors and uh, I like to see what their kind of filmography was up to a certain point now Alec Baldwin started off killing it he had one of the best runs that you had ever seen in in a superstar, he was a superstar. Yeah. Uh, the he first, was so much better than well. He we started right now. out of the gate. He didn't ha- have to like cut his chops with like minor pictures. His first movie was she's having a baby mm-hmm. as the kind of uh, he he didn't play an asshole, but he was his friend who was single, not having a baby, who was staying in his house having sex with his uh, with his girlfriend. He, he was the life that uh, Kevin Bacon was looking at. Like, ah, oh, I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she's having a baby was fun. But this is the run he had. So she's having a baby. Then he went right to Beetlejuice, married to the mob, working girl, talk radio, great balls of fire, hunt for Red October, Miami Blues, Glengarry Glen Ross, and then just it went on from there. Those were all in a row. And and you'll learn from this trivia and, and all this stuff that married to the mob makes sense why he's in Miami Blues because this is Jonathan Demi at one point I think was going to direct this movie, but he produced it and he. Filled it with all his people. And Jonathan Demi has a lot of his people. Um, 
I got a quick Jonathan Demi story. Yeah. Maria's dad went to film school at FSU. Interesting. And knew him. Mm. And they he's in a he's in a scene of one of his movies. Oh, Jonathan Demi had a lot of early like students. Just standing films. off in the corner, no That's obviously great. background, but Jonathan Demi's a big Corman guy. He he started early, early on with Corman and uh Joe Dante and and a lot of those guys, even Scorsese. Uh so yeah, as as I'm talking, you'll hear a lot of Jonathan Demi movies and a lot of connects to him because he was a heavy producer on it. Uh, so as far as Fred Ward goes, always a Fred Ward fan. Remo Williams was a staple in our house. Tremors. Tremors was a staple in our house. But he started off pretty good too. So early on, he one of his first movies was Escape from Alcatraz, also a big movie that we loved growing up. Uh, then from that, he went to Southern Comfort which is a movie no one knows about that I yeah. love introducing people to. Southern Comfort's great. If you listen to this, check out Southern Comfort. Time Rider was the one that I discovered later on. Yeah, when I, I was looking that. at lists of movies that weren't out on DVD yet and cult movies from the 80s, the, it, it was called, uh, it's called Time Rider colon The Adventures of like something, something Swan or something. <laughs> and it was good. It was a time travel movie. With Fred Ward, and I was like, this is awesome. From that, he went on to The Right Stuff, and that's when he started getting a lot of notice. Yeah. He did uh, The Right Stuff, Silkwood. If you haven't seen Silkwood, I ooh, think I have. Silkwood's great, man. Uh, on Common Valor, Remo, Off Limits. Remember him in Off Limits. That's a, a obscure war Vietnam movie that no one knows about. The Gregory Hines, Willem Dafoe one. Yeah. Where they're looking for the serial killer uh, who's killing all the uh, the Asian prostitutes. It was awesome. Remember, they knew he had like uh, they what they called drippy dick, uh, which was what was syphilis or something like that, or gonorrhea. Or gonorrhea. gonorrhea, and they kept calling it drippy dick, <laughs> from what I remember. And uh, so they had to uh, had to find someone who had gonorrhea because they knew that the killer had gonorrhea. It was funny. Uh, he, then he did big business. Then Tremors, obviously, right after tr- same year as Tremors. So that's what's interesting. The same year as uh, Miami Blues. Uh, Hunt for October was released. So it's a big year for Alec Baldwin. Same year that Miami Blues was released, Tremors was released. So it's a huge year, obviously, for uh, Fred Ward. Jennifer Jason Lee. I love Jennifer Jason Lee. I love her because she is perfect at playing a character. Mm-hmm. She is not who she is in almost all of her roles, like in real life. She's always either sweet, sweet, or she plays she plays trashy really well. Like the first half of her career, I think she played unbelievably sweet girls and then the last half thinking of like hey so like with Patrick Jason Patrick oh Narc I don't love her no, narc. No, no not Narc, not narc. Uh, the other one Rush Rush another four letter word <laughs> no those two movies are, <laughs> those are very related in a, in a little way well I mean they both got Jason yeah. Patrick yeah and they almost could be connected like this is what yeah. happened his career uh-huh. later in life and everything uh, I love I al- it's a good double feature I always want to watch the other one when I yeah, watch it's one. a good double feature for sure but it's weird it's like if you've never done drugs before, oh, yeah. that's a good movie to watch if you want to understand. That's probably the drug my mindset. favorite movie she's done. Because you can watch God, the, you movie. can watch that that one with the one of the Wayne's brothers, but that's too intense. Oh, yeah, Requiem? Yeah, you don't want to see Requiem. This, Requiem's when you've almost gone too far and this is when you're you're just starting and it's the fun part, yeah. but it's also somewhat scary. Yeah. God, I love Rush. I may have to watch that soon. Uh, that's definitely my favorite movie she's did. But Fast Times at Ridgemont High, she started she's off. Sweet. She was super sweet. She she's always didn't have a problem with nudity. And she's kind of like the quirky girl. Like in this movie, she was wearing like a pink skirt with a purple oh, yeah. shirt. Or like, oh yeah, she was super unbelievably sweet. And like she had movie. her head shaved. Very short. Movie, like super short. I looked it up and I was like, I was like, I bet this was. Uh, I bet she, uh, because shortly after this, she did she Single did. White Female. Okay. And remember, in Single White Female, she, she chopped her hair when Bridget Fonda. So I think in the beginning of uh, Single White Female, she was wearing a wig. And she took it off, and now she's got her kind of really short haircut from Miami Blues. Uh, so she did Fast Times Ruin a High. I, we always forget that, or I do at least, that she's in Easy Money. Who is she in Easy Money? She's the daughter. She's Rodney Dangerfield's daughter okay. that's mar- marrying Julio. Okay. I, love, I love the stuff with her and Julio, man. I love Julio. That guy who plays Julio. Remember, he was also the guy from. Uh, he was also the guy from Seinfeld that was going to wash uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's hair with uh, spaghetti sauce when she couldn't get the smell out. <laughs> he he was in nothing but trouble. He's a weird looking goody. I think he ended up dying of AIDS. He was so funny in Easy Money, though. Can I call you Dad? 
Yeah, yeah. rewatch Easy Money. Uh, she was also in The Hitcher. Remember, she got pulled apart oh, yeah. in The Hitcher. Wow. Uh, and then after that, she did Miami Blues with Alec Baldwin. In her very next movie, her love interest was uh, William uh, Baldwin in Backdraft. Because she had done Backdraft, then she did Rush, then she did Single White Female, Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy, her, her, the way the Coen brother had her talk was slightly annoying. Really? Yeah. You remember Hudsucker. It was like, come on, see? Let's go and uh, yeah. do the story, see? She was supposed to be one of those like 40s like reporter sometimes types. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, now we're getting into a few of the, uh, well, this guy specifically. This is a Jonathan Demme guy. Uh, there's several Jonathan Demme guys. When he pops up, I'm, I'm like, am I watching a Jonathan Demme movie? Because he almost kept these guys at work. Charles Napier was one of them. A lot of them, people remember when I try to get people to remember Charles Napier, it's from uh, Rambo 2. He's the one that's talking to him on the phone. I'm going to come get you. Yeah. Big guy. He was his partner in this movie. Uh, Remo's partner. Ah, so Charles Napier played uh, Sergeant Bill Henderson. He was in the Blues Brothers, Rambo 2, The Night Stalker, uh, Something Wild, Jonathan Demme, Married to the Mob, Jonathan Demme, Ernest Goes to Jail, Miami Blues, Maniac Cop 2, The Grifters, Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demme. He was the one that, I don't know if he, he was, was the guard. <clears throat> he was one he of the- He was one in the cell that got put to the angel? Yeah. He got in the angel formation and the other guy got his face removed yeah. and put on top of it. So he, was, he had a big scene. Uh, in that movie, I loved him in that. Uh, so the guy who plays Pablo in this movie, who is the little uh, Hispanic uh, pimp in this movie, is played by Jose Perez, who did a bunch of indie stuff back in the day. He, he did The Sting 2, DC Cab, Stick. I love Stick. That's another movie I try to tell people about. That's a Burt Reynolds. If you're looking for like late 70s, early 80s action Burt Reynolds movies, Stick is a great one. Uh, Miami Blues, he was in Mask of Zorro, and he was in Way of the Gun. Kind of remember him in Way of the Gun, yeah. Wasn't yeah? Who the hell was he in Way of the Gun? I can't remember. Uh, now also in this, who he didn't, she didn't play Remo Williams's partner, but it was like oh, a, yeah, another yeah. cop was Nora Dunn, who was yeah. she was an SNL girl. She was on SNL back in the day when uh, she didn't really have a when Phil role. Hartman. Do you know you're older than Phil Hartman when Phil Hartman died? I am. Yeah, can you when believe that? Forty nine. He died at 49. Yeah, 49. I can't believe that. I always, you watch news radio and you assume he's like in his 60s. Uh, but man, yeah, that's sad. That was such a tragedy. Oh, that was one of the worst. That's, that's his top top five worst killed, celebrity tragedies. Killed him and the kids were eating breakfast. Yeah, they were like downstairs. In the house. Yeah, and then shot and herself. She went up and shot him and shot herself. Oof. Yeah, that's How horrible. How you do that to your kids? Uh, yeah, that mental illness. I mean, it's I get it. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's the only that's, answer. That's the only answer. <laughs> uh, so Nora Dunn, yeah, like I said, she was in SNL, but she did a lot of stuff back in the day. Small little character. She she was great, and you just threw in kind of movies in these sub roles. Uh, Working Girl, How I Got Into College. Do you remember How I Got Into College? That's the, that's the third Savage Steve Holland movie he did. Better Off Dead, One Crazy, One Crazy Summer. Summer, and then How I Got Into College. Who was the lead in that movie? It was weird. He, he was a weird actor that he was in one of the. To, he would have had to get. He was in one of the John, Friday the Thirteenth uh, movies, and uh, they didn't. They should have got a better actor in that. But Laura Flynn Boyle was the the love okay, interest. I like her. Uh, Curtis Armstrong was in it. A lot of Savage Steve people were in it. <laughs> Wayne broke up with me, Garth. Yeah. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> Go home. Get over it. <laughs> uh, I forgot how great she was back in the day. No, one of my favorite Curtis Armstrong uh, roles was in it. The guy who played Booger. Uh, oh yeah. In, uh, yeah. And obviously, Revenge of the Nerds he was better off dead. Uh, well, he was a sav- Savage Steve guy, yeah, yeah, uh, guy yeah. so they brought him in. And there's a scene in How I Got Into College where he goes to a, uh, what do they call that when you go into that big room with all the uh, uh, the job people, the try or job the, fair? yeah, like a job fair, but it was with colleges. It's like college a fair. college fair. Uh, so we went in there and uh, Curtis Armstrong played like a, uh, a Methodist preacher who was trying to enroll him into the Methodist uh, university. Have you, have you tried to make God your, uh, your servant or whatever it was? And he got to play that role and it was really funny watching him. Uh, so yeah, Nora Dunn had done uh, Working Girl, How I Got Into College, Miami Blues, The Last Supper. Oh my God, The Last Supper is one of my favorite indie movies of all time. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Last Supper, that's got to be written all over it. I'm not sure if it's in it. Uh, it's a hard movie. It's like twenty five dollars all day long, and I and I found like last year I found somebody selling it for three bucks, and I snatched that thing so fast your head spun. Uh, Father of the Bride two, Bullworth, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Drop Dead Gorgeous, so funny, uh, and Three Kings. I haven't seen Three Kings in a while. Three Kings was. Dead. I don't even remember it. Yeah, I don't even remember anything. I about remember it. they were. T- 
testing out that new effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, the bullet would go into your body yeah. and then they would like pretty much zoom in inside yeah, your the, body to show what damage the bullet was doing. It was cool. They did it in that Jet they probably Li movie. Did, yeah. I, I probably only needed a couple of movies to do it, but it was really cool. Yeah, I got it. old after about three of them. Yeah. It was good. It was like, okay. You know who killed it in this movie? Who came in literally for a minute and oh. 45 seconds. Yep. Minute and 45 <laughs> seconds. This is the only scene in the whole movie, and he fucking just mm-hmm. kills it. They must have. This, this must. is the moments when I when I can think of myself as the director and you as the camera guy, because if we were just filming, and, and Paul Gleason is who we're talking about, you know, the don't fuck with the bully, you get the horns, yeah. and he was in Die Hard. Uh if I was behind the camera when he had done that performance and, and called, he does weird stuff. That thing he did with his pinky in this movie yeah. where he's pointing at him, but he keeps his pinky out through the whole movie. I'm like, these are choices this guy is making. Yeah, and it worked. Uh, and we'll talk more about that that character, but he's awesome. I mean, he's no longer with us, and it's sad because he, he played probably, he was on that, uh, we should do a top... Uh, 10 biggest pricks in in films not that he and as an actor is a prick but he just plays the be, perfect cri- it can't necessarily be a prick because he murders well, a lot it's of people the, it has to be it's like the guy from Miracle Mile at the end of the movie on the roof i mean he would make that list he plays a prick in every yeah, movie yeah. he's in and so does Paul Gleason i mean name a movie that Paul Gleason played a likable character there isn't one uh so he was an arthur <laughs> what was he in, to- what was he in uh breakfast club well he was the he was the principal the principal no he was or the, the vice principal he, no he was the Guy, wasn't he the guy watching the group? Yeah, but I think he still was higher than a teacher, wasn't he? Maybe he wasn't. No, he was just a teacher. Just the teacher? Okay. Mm -hmm. He was an asshole. Uh, But I love him. So he was an Arthur, trading places, total prick. He's the one that set the uh, whole thing into order and set up uh, Winston. Or is it Winston? Not Winston. Justin. What's Dan Aykroyd's name in trading places? I can't think of it. Uh, Hey, well, let's just move on. Breakfast Club. She's having a baby. Die Hard. Thornton. Is it Thornton? Winston Thornton something the third. Something the third. (laughs) Yeah. Something pricky sounding. Uh, Die Hard, Miami Blues, Loaded Weapon 1, and Boiling Point. So Paul Gleason was in a lot of good stuff. Now, another guy in this that I uh, wanted to mention because we just talked about him in a movie in Quick Change was Gary Howard Klar. Now, he was the big guy that was running the numbers game that he busted in on. Mm -hmm. He was in... He's always looked like that. So he was in Hero at Large. He was a stranger is watching the movie I watched uh, this weekend. He was in Trading Places. Day of the Dead is what I remember from. He was the big, bald guy that was an asshole that got his throat ripped out in Day of the Dead. But he was also in Three Men and a Little Baby. He was in Big. He was one of the soldiers. Who was he in Big? That's interesting. Day of the Dead? He was one of the soldiers? Yeah, he was one of the, un- yeah, one of the soldiers. That was a good one. Oh, I love it. That most people don't one. like it as much There's as... some of those that I don't care for, but that one was great. The mall one is most people's favorite, but I'm kind of... I, I like the underground one. Yeah. That underground one was good. It was dark and creepy. Yeah, and, they, and the blood was ro- correct. You know, the mm-hmm. blood was red. It wasn't they orange. Like, they, their entrails were great. Yeah, they used real entrails. Yeah, that's why they were great. <laughs> Remember the, the yeah, scene yeah. that he oh, talks yeah. about where it yeah. spoiled mm-hmm. over the weekend? Oh, yeah. God. Uh, so Gary Howard Carl was also in Pink Cadillac. That's an easy from every big scumbag around Hollywood at that time was in Pink Cadillac. Because remember the neo-Nazis that were just like the far white group that were shooting guns in the woods through the whole yeah. movie? They all cast those guys. Then he did Miami Blues, Cadillac <laughs> Man, Would you Quick be change. mad if you got cast, I mean, as a... You uh, have to know. A prick the whole, your whole entire I mean, career. If you're... And know that you're like Red Foreman, like he's actually a... It's true. A well, it's even... dude. It's even better like that because it's like Charles and Martin Smith is cast as the nerd or the accountant in every movie, you know, and... Uh, at least, at least, but friggin- he looks like a nerd. He well, probably- at least Red Foreman <laughs> came in there, probably in his board shorts and everything, but blew everyone a fucking way, being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, and the only other person I put on here, I wanted to put that pawn shop owner because she was so good in this movie. Oh, she was another yeah. person that just, uh, uh, she just emitted like a character in this movie. That's what I love about this movie. There's so many like unique characters that are uh, unique to Miami too. So she was, uh, Shirley Stoller played the pawn shop owner in this and she was in Clute. She was in the deer hunter, desperately seeking Susan, three o'clock high Miami blues and freaking hooker. <laughs> uh, so f- as far as the crew goes, the, the director, and the guy who wrote the screenplay for this is George Armitage. And I always knew him as one thing. And I didn't even realize he was the director of Miami Blues because I always knew him as the Gross Point Blank director. Really great. I love Gross Point Blank. It's such a unique 90s flick. The twins? Oh, God, it was so funny, man. <laughs> one uh, of Dan Aykroyd's best roles. Now, as, as far as cinematographer in this movie, 
one of the most famous cinematographers of all time. Uh, people might have heard of his name a lot. His name is uh, Tak Fujimoto. And I'm just going to run through his list. Now, he won the best cinematographer for uh, Silence of the Lambs. So this is obviously a Jonathan Demi guy. But he is famous for Badland, Caged Heat. I think he's done every Demi movie or every big one. So Badlands, he's Caged Heat is Jonathan Demi also. Caged uh, Heat, Death Race 2000, Where the Buffalo Roam, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Something Wild, Jonathan Demi, Married to the Mob, Jonathan Demi, uh, uh, Cocoon Returns, Miami Blues, Silence of the Lambs, obviously, Gladiator, the 92 version, uh, Singles, Night in the City, Philadelphia, Grumpier Old Men, The Thing That uh, You Do, Sixth Sense, The Replacements, Signs, Manchurian, Candidate, and Breach. Philadelphia this guy's a, this guy's was, a, a was the most uplifting movie I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Can you go back and watch that again and again? You want to do that next week? We'll do it next week. No way. God. Yeah, I, I own it, which is probably weird because I'll probably never watch it again. You know, I've watched it. Four times. That's probably two more than I had to. Probably. You should watch it twice. <laughs> There's certain movies that, like Breach, I'll watch five more times. In Breach my life. is great. The Love only problem Breach. with Breach is walking shit the second time. You don't have that anxiety for the character it, as much. It's weird. I kind of still do. When, do I, you? when you rewatch it, they, they do it in such a great way. And I mean, you know, he's not uh, going to get caught, though. So That's the problem. That is true. But it's all about the journey. <laughs> for me. But the first time is always the best time. Yeah. It's like watching that backwards 15 minute movie. Oh, yeah, Memento yeah. Or, or The Game. They, yeah. Those movies are never going to be as, as good, but they are, they're still pretty good. Uh, so the composer in this was Gary Chang. He, he did the score for 52 Pickup, which is actually in my short stack, along with uh, your big short there to watch uh, within the next couple weeks. So he had done the score for that. He had done the score for Firewalker, Dead Bang. I tell everyone about Dead Bang also. Dead Bang is one of those John Frankenheimer movies that falls through the cracks. John uh, Don Johnson, cross country with William Forsythe looking for Nazi killers. Oh, God, that's a great fucking movie, man. Everyone out there, do it right now. Watch Dead Bang. Uh, he also did the score for Tango and Cash, A Shock to the System. Another movie I try to tell everyone about. Michael Caine. Good luck finding it, but it's a great movie. Uh, Miami Blues, obviously. Death Warrant, The Perfect Weapon. I put that one in there just for you, Justin. Under Siege, Sniper, The Substitute, Island of Dr. Moreau, and Double Team. So, I mean, got a good composer, too. I mean, if you've got Jonathan Demme producing it, he's going to be able to bring good people behind it. So the release date, April 20th, 1990, 420. Filming locations, all Miami, uh, very authentic, definitely all Probably Miami. Probably one of the last movies you saw on Park Street. Yeah, release date, yeah. Must have been 1990 because we moved that year. We moved in August. Yeah, we moved year. in August of that year. So yeah, I did. It was probably, I watched a lot of movies actually right, right around that time too. Uh, so the budget was $3 million and the worldwide gross was $9.8 million. So everyone came out happy. So some of the trivia, there's not a whole lot of trivia on this, but uh, so at one point, Gene Hackman was interested in playing the Mosley character, the Fred Ward character. And Fred Ward was interested in playing Junior, which would wouldn't have, have been, it wouldn't have worked as He's well. He's not as suave. He's not as suave. Not I mean, Alec Baldwin looked good in this movie. He's got this piercing blue eyes. He looked believable. He was a good looking dude. dude. This was before he... He looked very similar. He started getting dorky around Beetlejuice. Well, Beetlejuice was right after this. I think he still had the look, this okay. look, but he just was wearing the glasses yeah, and the outfit. But if you look at him and she's having a baby is probably the most suave he's ever looked. And then w once he got to Hunt for October, he had a completely different. He had that jet black hair, and he kind of he was a great Jack Ryan. Oh, he was great, Jack Ryan. Only, only did it once. Damn, God, it's a damn such shame. a shame. I, well, I love Harrison Ford in it too. Harrison it's Ford one of those. It's Jack one of those Ryan. things. It weird enough in a lot of those early movies you could flip flop uh, Alec Baldwin and Harrison Ford in Probably roles could. and and they were just as good. I would have watched more of those. Oh yeah. Well, they did the series. Do you ever see the series no, with I Krasinski? I bet he's good. He's probably good. I know Chris Pine did one. Ben Affleck did one. I don't one. have time to commit to series anymore. Yeah, I series are difficult. If I get for me. a time. It's a movie or documentary. Yeah, yeah. That that's kind of how I am. So the framed photo uh, on Mosley's desk of some random guy is actually of the author, Charles Wilford, who uh, wrote the novel for Miami Blues. Uh, singer Susie in Vega was up for the role of Susie, but dropped out to make her third album. So I was like, who is Susanna Vega? And I, I looked remember. her up. It's the girl who did that Luca song. Yeah. My name is Luca. <laughs> My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's interesting that they were thinking of her for it. She probably wouldn't. She looked 
I mean, she would have had to been up for the nudity because, I mean, that was a big part. And, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee has always never had a problem with it. Uh, Fred Ward originally wanted Jonathan Demme to direct, but because apparently Fred he Ward was, yeah, Fred Ward was one of the pioneers for this. I think he probably, he was a, he was a producer he, on the list. Like back in the day, if you were a big star and if you read a novel that uh-huh. was big, you tried to jump on that shit. Yeah. Like Spielberg was big on that. Spiel, that's how uh, Jurassic Park happened. The second he read Jurassic Park, he's on the phone with fucking Crichton and or his people, and he's like, "Get this fucking movie." So I wonder what's the longest a movie has ever been optioned. For oh yeah, before yeah. it was made, like just, someone like bidding helped, war, or just someone bought the options to the movie and just kept paying this pe- yeah, option, option, renewing it every year or whatever. Give it and a go, made people. It Fifteen years. <laughs> Google might tell us that. So, but uh, so Demi couldn't direct it, but he suggested George Armitage direct it instead, and then he just went on to produce the film <laughs> and help cast the film for sure too, because he definitely had some clout at this time. So, uh, and I had mentioned already, Jennifer Jason Lee went on to play William Baldwin's love interest in Backdraft. There's a, there is a overall theme to this movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like bad shit will happen. Don't here. don't hurt Hari Krishna's. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's how it all kicks off. So let's let's go through this movie. This movie is fun, dude. It, it's a fun throughout, and then it gets kind of crazy, kind of almost cringeworthy towards the end. There's a couple. There's, there's a couple there's two of, cringeworthy yeah. scenes in this movie. There's one really cringeworthy scene. I don't know. Two of them really get me. Two, two of them get me. We'll talk about them. So at the beginning of the movie, we're seeing. Right off the bat, we get the idea. They do a great job with not like force feeding the audience of who these people are. We just let the events play out and we get to figure it out. And one of them is uh, when we get Alec Baldwin's character. He goes, uh, Alec Baldwin comes in and we're immediately seeing him steal luggage stealing people's id robbing like he's he's somewhat robbing scumbags but he's also robbing good people too i mean he took that suitcase from just that little kid yeah. at the beginning of the movie but then he went into he saw like a uh someone get uh what like pickpocketed and then he like grabbed the pickpocketed in pickpocket in the restroom and uh, assaulted him and yeah. took the money and mm-hmm. everything and then on the way down he assaulted the krishna there was the worst thing he could have done it, that was the one thing that it would he would never have, well he I would understand have gotten caught. why he wanted to do it though yeah <laughs> I don't remember I was never do you in the remember airports. them no I don't remember in the they I remember right being, when I was starting to fly really I think the first time I ever flew we it was in eighty three yeah so I was ten for Disney to go down we, we flew in eighty three you saw them then yeah oh I must have seen them though but I just you were seven and you probably didn't yeah even I probably remember. didn't even recognize what was going on. But yeah, it was big in movies back then for sure. Everyone joked about the Hare Krishnas. Well, I mean, if you knew you could get a captive audience yeah. and you were re- religious <laughs> leaders and not afraid to make a fool of yeah. yourself. But Junior would have, because if we're about to see Junior go on the crazy of crime spree, he just can't stop. He's addicted to it. Even when things are going well with him, he just keeps pushing it and pushing it. And he probably would have continued a little bit longer. He was destined to get caught. But He was full of blown out of control. Yeah, right? towards was, the end he was out he of was control. He was out of control. But what hindered the whole thing was that Fred Ward was on to him almost from the beginning. So Fred Ward showed up because someone had broken, well, Alec Baldwin, the Krishna approached him and asked him, hey, have you heard of this church and everything? And then, uh, what's your name? And then Alec Baldwin bends his two fingers back and says, trouble. <laughs> it was great. And then he uh, he falls down and... He must have had a seizure. He had a condition or something they were talking about because the Krishna died. Yeah. And they those guys were even joking about it, Fred Ward and thing. And he's like, you know, if he knew this Krishna specifically had a condition that if you bent his fingers back and he died, murder one. <laughs> so they're kind of joking about it. No one wants to take the case and everything, but Fred Ward eventually takes it. And they get prints and they get uh they get a description of somebody that went on the courtesy van into the hotel and everything. Because Alec Baldwin goes from there to steal a car, to go, to, uh, goes in the courtesy van, and then he immediately steals a car, and then he he's goes. He's really not afraid to get caught. God, man, well, he I guess is ballsy. I, that's probably how you get away with that yeah. shit. Yeah, he gets into that hotel though, and he asks the the uh, person bringing his, uh, like the bellhop, "Hey, I need to get a girl. Can you send a girl up?" And basically, he sends up Jennifer Jason Lee, who's on like maybe her third trick. That's always the third. It's trick. always that's what they all. It's say. always the third. Tell one. them it's your third. They yeah. want to know you're fresh. I've been doing this for forty years, yeah. Frank. Tell yeah. them it's your third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not married. You don't have kids. Don't tell them you have kids, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they go to prostitute school when it's this shady. So she sends them up there and everything, and they they kind of hit it off, and they 
basically start, start dating. He tries to sell her the clothes. That I he love stole. that. I love it. Do you want me to wear the tra- has him? Uh, he had yeah. stolen clothes in the airport, mm-hmm. and has her try on a dress. This is just one of the hundred scumbag kind of moves he does. He has her try on the dress, and she's she looks she great in it. it. She looked good. She in loved it. great, and she's like, "Oh, do you want me to wear this?" She's "Fuck no, I want you to buy it." Yeah. it's the way he said yeah, it. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Said, Fuck, I don't want you to wear that shit. I want your money. <laughs> and she's, and like, she's like, "It's worth the suck." And he's like, is that what you're getting for a suck nowadays? Yeah, 50 bucks like 50 is what it was. And he's, he's like, God damn. So they end up hitting it off. Uh, they did some really great stuff with her character, like her being embarrassed when he opened the door to the bathroom when she's uh, when she's taking a bath. They'd already had sex. Uh, but when Who she, was embarrassed? Uh, he was? Jennifer she? Jason Lee was in the tub taking a and bath. She was embarrassed when yeah, she when came Yeah, when he in? opened the door, because remember, he was helping her with her haiku. Yeah. And he opened the door because she's going to school. Uh, that's another layer on that hooker <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah. You're going to school. Pain you're trying tuition. to work your way through tuition. That's that's the only reason you're doing it. You're sweet. <laughs> uh, so she seemed embarrassed. And she, can you please shut the door? And he shut the door on her and everything. It was just one of those like little kind of cool things that she does with their character that uh, I'm not even sure was could have been in the script but it was it was great that they did that they really made you like her and hate him but also he was charming as shit so in a way you wanted him to get away with it but almost almost because you know if he didn't get away with it it would come back and hurt her you know it it was kind of really done well in that way I mean this as it's starting to spiral out of control, he goes, he crosses a line. Well, let's get to right the now. He killed somebody, but he wasn't trying to kill yeah. him. He was trying to break his fingers. One of the weirdest scenes from the movie, and one scene that I would think in another draft. Now he he never raised a hand to Jennifer Jason Lee. She even says that at the end. It was a great, uh, great line at the end where he would he was like he always ate everything I gave him for, uh, yeah. to eat and he never hit me because <laughs> Talk, and, is it, is that the definition of low standards right there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess. And uh, what's interesting though because there's a scene where he goes he's so ballsy he goes next door while she's in the tub. That scene that she gets embarrassed. Mm-hmm. He shuts the door. He goes outside and he goes to one of the neighbor's hotel rooms and goes in there and picks the lock, steals uh, steals the biggest gun you've ever seen, steals a coin collection, and mm-hmm. steals pork chops. Yeah. And then just leaves and comes back. With pork chops. With pork chops. Oh, I went and bought these for us. But then that's when Fred Ward shows up. And this is what I was saying. This is one of the weirdest scenes. Yeah. And uh, also, what I, like I said, uh, I was any other character... Probably if he was a more of a scumbag than Alec Baldwin was. I'm glad he wasn't the scumbag. But when Fred Ward left, he probably would have screamed and hit Jennifer Jason Lee because for some reason Jennifer Jason Lee invited Fred yeah, Ward yeah, yeah, yeah. to stay for dinner. He came in there to investigate uh like Alec Baldwin. Did you see anything with this Krishna? We got your prints, we got a description of you. Do you have a tan squirt uh sports car coat? And he was like, Oh, it was probably you then. And he it's not a comfortable dinner either. Yeah, he's yeah. calling Alec Baldwin out because of the way he's eating his food. So where did you do your uh, your time? He says you eat like a con, and he's like, no, I grew up in orphanages and shit like that. It was like a back and forth type of thing, to the point where I think he stayed for hours. He he was he drank like five beers with him and everything, and then it was like, remember, even when he was leaving, he was like, can I get you anything else? Only you in handcuffs. He's like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> Don't leave the uh, town without telling me though. There's a, you shouldn't play your hand as a cop. Yeah. As much. Well, like, you also didn't expect what was to happen next, what Alec Baldwin did to Fred Ward. Why don't you tell us? I forget. I, uh, you don't remember? I don't so remember. what he did was he he finds out where Fred Ward lives, and he breaks into Fred Ward's house while he's in na- at night, hits him over the head to knock him out, okay. steals his badge, steals his gun, and steals his teeth because uh, Fred Ward has like dentures in the movie, very prominent in the movie where he takes him out and he drinks beers. And... He picked a really weird way to his character. I, I liked it. I liked he was how kind of dirty, he like, was, but yeah. not in like a corrupt way, like in just in a. Yeah, like he, he lived in a shithole. He, he didn't, didn't have, look like he, he showered. He wasn't married, you know. He was living that single life. He 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 took out his teeth every time, and he even tells him when he did it at dinner at dinner time with Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, I'm sorry, it just happens automatically. I, does it bother you? He says, I'll put him back in if it does. And she says, No, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but yeah, so Alec Baldwin breaks into his house, steals his teeth, steals his gun, and steals his badge, and that's when he starts going around pretending to be a cop. Yeah. And, th- and that's at the, like the halfway point in the movie. And they have great collages where uh, where he's he's watching drug deals go down. He steals their money. He handcuffs them. He, uh, but then he kind of uh, there's that great scene where he's down at the dock and he busts the uh, 
the drug deal about to go down. He's got the money, and he's he handcuffs those two guys together to like this metal trash can. He's like, he's like, if I let you guys go, I'm going to give you a piece of advice: don't get caught. <laughs> and then runs off, and those guys start squaring because they realize that this guy's not a cop, and he just got him. Uh, there's a great he stayed scene. in town too long. You yeah, know, you can't. He had to move. You had to. You got to move to be that type of criminal. That brazen. Yeah. you can't be. Someone's gonna spot you at a movie theater yeah. two years later. He, I love when uh, some woman's screaming. Some guy snatches her purse. Oh, yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. screaming, "Please, please, he stole my purse!" Alec Baldwin goes up and body checks the guy, steals the purse. And a woman comes up to him and says, "Thanks, officer." And he's like, "Whatever," and pushes her over, yeah. pushes her over, and runs, runs away. away. It's so funny. But when the movie really takes off and where it really got crazy is when how he, did he know the, where this guy was? This you're is this the bookie? No, no, before that. Okay. Uh, so he's going to... Well, that's... The bookie is... Because uh, there's a grocery store scenes right before that, right? Uh, the, the, the convenience store yeah, scene? The convenience store scene is when it starts getting crazy. Okay. So before that was the bookie scene where he gets the guy from Quick Change and Day of the Dead. And uh, that just happens during that collage of he's doing horrible shit. But he does end that with, like, murder. He kills that guy. That guy. That's he literally... So he, goes, he crosses the line. We didn't know he was that... Yeah, before yeah. he was just tying people up, he was he was hitting them over the head, but he wasn't really he gave murdering no people. I never, yeah, I was surprised when they yeah. So when they he shot murdered that guy probably because he realized that guy is ten times his size and could kill him if he wanted to. And, he and he's plugged in. If he's if he's running numbers, he's connected oh, somehow. Yeah. He's gone. Crazy can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I want to work that uh, Paul Gleason scene in before we go to the convenience store scene, which is where it kind of really ramps up. The Paul Gleason scene. So Alec Baldwin is not only uh, arresting people and using Fred Ward's badge to to get clout around town, but he's also... Uh, He's throwing his badge around and getting part of the uh, like prostitution money at the hotel. And so Paul Gleason shows up as another dirty cop that says, you think you're going to uh, cut me out of my business? Who the fuck do you think you are? And he, he's like slapping the hell out of Fred Ward, thinks that's who the guy is, and it's Alex, actually yeah, Alec yeah. Baldwin. And it's such a great kind of minute and 45-second scene where Paul Gleason just degrades. Well, and, he had the money on him. Yeah, he had the the guy gave him the money. Which is weird because, yeah, he, he shows up. Fred Ward doesn't even know what it was. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, I don't know what this money is, but he, he took it and he uh, he went back to his room, and that's where Paul Gleason came and kicks his ass. <laughs> Hilarious. But the convenience store scene. So Alec Baldwin, this was one of those ones that he should have stopped when he was head. He was already living at a nice place. He got a great place in the suburbs with Jennifer Jason Lee. He had money. He should have stopped when he was head. So he goes out one night looking for. Well, you what, have to get a job if you stop. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, he goes out one night. To Unless get whipped, doing big scores. <laughs> yeah, they were they were minor. They scores. were minor scores. Very this minor. is to get me through the week yeah. type of score. I mean, even though that that money numbers could have gotten him uh, that money numbers room probably got him some decent money. Yeah, I mean those. I mean, he probably had he had enough to get a house and everything. So, but he had to do something. <laughs> uh, so when he shows up at the convenience store, he's just there to get whipping cream, and he goes to the back. And when he's going back, he can't find it. He goes back to the register. And why he's there? It's some. Uh, almost a gimpy guy robbing the place. It was yeah. a very interesting guy that they used uh, as an actor because he had a leg problem. And he's he's got a point, he's pointing a gun at Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin picks up a jar of tomato sauce, tomato sauce and uh, he's telling the guy, he's like, hey, you don't want to do this? I'm the police. You need to drop that money and you just leave and everything. And the guy is about to walk out and he ends up walking out and then the clerk, the guy behind the oh, counter, yeah, yeah. shoots at the guy. Alec Baldwin throws the uh, spaghetti sauce at him and says, don't fire, asshole. And they all duck and then all of a sudden the guy who had left who was robbing the place drove his truck through the front window yeah. and ran over Alec Baldwin. Now this was one of the two squeamish scenes for me. I didn't think this was that. Oh, strange. this was done so well and it, it looks so well. real. That we did this. Me, we did this in a movie before, well, and this was done. I could do it to myself if I had to. Well, th- what the problem with this one is it looked real. So when he got ran over, he got his eyebrow got cut so bad that it's hanging off his face, and he he covers it with his hand. And he runs back. And he, he needs stitches. He needs stitches. He runs back to his wife. I love this scene so much. Even though I, I was very squeamish and had to look away a couple times. But uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's like, what has happened? What's happened? He's, he's like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. He says, give me thread. Give me, the, uh, give me a needle. And he's like, I need you to sew my eyebrow back on. And she almost, 
her legs almost give out. She's like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, she had that neighbor woman come over. He that's what happens. Woman. He ends up. She ends up going to a neighbor, something. and the neighbor says, "Oh, I I took care of my husband for twenty years. He he died, but you're not going to die." He's like, "This is going to hurt like hell." And they're both drinking gin and everything, and they show her give him the worst sew job you've ever seen, like three stitches all in different directions Big, just deep, to hold his eyebrow yeah. on. And it looked bad the rest of the It movie. looked bad. I mean, but it looked so good when he was sewing it on. So good. Uh, it's, I bet he was hating this scene coming up. I bet he was like, do this scene at the end yeah. so I don't have to wear the, wear the makeup prosthetic from, from makeup. From there on. Because from here on... you have to do makeup every day from yeah. there on up. So the scene goes down. This is the... This is definitely a screamer like, scene. Jennifer Jason Lee sort of starts... Because she gave him an ultimatum, remember? Yep. He he couldn't do any more crime. Yep. Like like very Holly Hunter from Raising and he's Arizona. Like, uh, yeah, sure. I won't do any yeah. more crime. But hmm. tomorrow, I want you to drive me to the pawn shop so I can uh, cash in my my used coin <laughs> yeah. collection. And that I never told you about. Little did he know that he was going to rob this pawn shop. But he walked into a situation that he wasn't ready for. So he walked into this pawn shop, and it's this older it, he woman. He could have walked. He had a chance to. After it oh, started yeah. getting tense, he had a chance to yep. end to just turn around. He's he he has to get buzzed in. He gets buzzed in. He comes in claiming to be a cop and saying she bought it. And yep, she bought it. She's like, I, I'm. We're investigating. Uh, stolen coin collection is what we got. Maybe you can look at it and tell if there's any value to it and everything. Then she's like, uh, you know, I've been robbed like nine times before. She says it doesn't happen anymore because of Pedro. And he's like, "What? Who's Pedro?" And she screams, "Pedro!" And this big Mexican guy comes out. I've seen him in other with stuff a, too. Uh, with a huge shotgun. Yeah, I I didn't put him on the list, but he probably has done a whole bunch of like little minor roles. And he like cocks the shotgun and points it at Alex Baldwin. The whole scene was cool because he held on him with this look on his face, and then she's like, "She's like he's she with just, the cops." Don't she's hurt. like introduces him, and then and Alec Baldwin's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And he just walks, and he turns around, and then Alec Baldwin just does something stupid. Well, yeah, Al Goldwyn goes for his gun that's in a folded newspaper. Well, the, the guy the was thing. turned around and walking back to yeah. the closet. He could have just turned. And so Alec Baldwin's got his hand on the counter and turns and shoots that guy in the back. Twice, yeah. And, and right when he gets that second one off, you don't even realize that the, the, the woman, the clerk, has the biggest machete they you've ever a, seen in his life. They did a quick cut. It so you qu- saw it for half, no, the, of the machete. Yeah. Lying That's on the true. bar for half a second, and yep. you were like, "Oh shit!" And I rewound this a couple times because it looked—it looks good, really good. I mean, they made really good. And it, cut it, them this off. wasn't like an obvious fake hand. So she turns and she cuts three of his fingers off. I think with once, maybe even four. I think it was three. It was definitely more than three two. Fingers. Yeah, I think it was his pinky, his uh, index, and his ring finger, or uh, uh, the middle finger. But. Uh, yeah, she cut him off, man. And then he shoots her in the stomach, steals the money, and then leans himself over and scoops his fingers into his yeah. pocket. <laughs> and then goes outside, and right away, Jennifer Jason Lee knows something's up and locks the car door. Not realizing that Fred Ward is also outside, ready to take down Junior. Yeah. And when she drives off, uh, Fred Ward comes out with his pea shooter that he got from a neighbor and points his gun and screams police and it was a great moment where Alec Baldwin turns and says freeze police right same thing that Fred Ward said to him and they have this kind of firefight in the middle of the street but then he gets away I don't think Alec Baldwin knew Fred Ward knew where he, where he lived the only reason he knew where he lived is because uh, Fred Ward ran, ran into, into Jennifer Jason uh, Lee at he the grocery store yeah he followed Jason her so he found out somehow well, where they were he he gave her the pork chop yeah, recipe. That's true too. Yeah, and yeah. she said, "Oh, great! I'm going to make it tonight." And he's like, "Is that an invitation?" <laughs> yeah, he tried to like, he tried to get over, get there. his he way over there because again. he knew that Junior was going to go next level. And so he shows up at the uh, the house. Junior's sitting there drinking. Uh, <laughs> Got no fingers on there. Remo Williams is like, you need to stand up right now. He says, if I stand up, he says, I lost half my fingers on my hand. He says, if I stand up, I'm going to pass out. And he says, like, I think you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to take me out, Sarge. And uh, Alec Baldwin makes that move. He was going to, he was going to take Fred Ward out and Fred Ward shoots him right in the chest, knocks him on that table. And yeah, that's when Jennifer Jason Lee came came in. Probably the best ending it could have happened for Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. She, she she doesn't want to be wrapped up with this scumbag and everything. And she knew he was bad. Well, what I thought was kind of cool is Fred Ward met with that that lady outside again, the one that the was, Nora Dunn. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Just let her go." Yeah, but she like, she drove him on the on the. She did, but she's got clear, two people killed. She's if you're clearly in the, still not nowadays. Too 
If you're oh yeah, if you're in a car oh, yeah. and someone in that car jumps out and kills people and get in, you get charged with murder. The lawyer will say she drove off though. She didn't realize it when okay. she did. She drove off. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So she got a chance. She got a chance. Get OJ's lawyers. <laughs> 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 oh god it was a fun movie man but like i said it went wild it was pretty tame and then it was fun because you got to see him impersonating a police officer and then it got gritty towards that end that towards the end it turned into more of a and you weren't of, that upset that he got killed no you were kind of a good ending for him too because yeah. he it would have happened sooner or later. I, I love the script and like i said i think the reason we kind of you liked him, but you were kind of rooting against him was just because of Jennifer Jason Lee. You didn't want to see Jennifer Jason Lee get burned, man. She really was like the sweet person that should not be involved in this guy <laughs> with this guy whatsoever. He should have had the backstory that he had like a tumor and he knew he was going to die in yeah. six months. God. And so he was just I, I, trying I have to go for something. it. I like unredeemable characters. And like you said, this is this is one of those. Uh, I don't know. There if isn't a ton of them. Yeah. He's one of them. Yeah, I think you said that before we even start recording. That it's like not a lot of unredeemable characters, <laughs> yeah. as well, other than Jennifer Jason Lee. The, the, the uh, doesn't make Miami look great either. <laughs> what's the no blood, no oil, or oh, oil. that no. Uh, uh, what's there the, will be blood. There will be yeah. blood. Oh, that's another one. He's no. He's not a redeeming character. Yeah, either. he's not. I hear he's not a redeeming character. The Alfred Justice guy was not a redeeming character. Oh either. no, not at all. I hear his Phantom Thread character is not redeemable either Daniel okay. Day-Lewis I haven't seen it yet that's another one that's in my stack that I haven't seen oh, the Phantom Thread I still want to see that yeah I hear it's uh, he's not redeemable he's a prick in it but the, the best Daniel Day-Lewis is when he plays a prick I mean I, I like him in uh, In the Name of the Father but I mean he's, he's kind of sweet and normal in that yeah, movie he's I don't not, need him sweet I, I, I want him doing a voice and being a, an asshole so I wonder what he's doing next he hasn't he's kind of disappeared for a while there didn't he go on to be a cobbler <laughs> I think he came out of that though, but maybe he's not. No, I think he's uh, Italy being I, a cop. I, th- I think he's still making shoes. <laughs> it's so weird. If I got rich and famous, oh yeah, I would want to dip out early and oh, just yeah. enjoy life for sure. I would be Gene Hackman, yeah, uh, without a doubt. So I can completely respect these guys. Why well, do the hustle do anymore that. if you don't need to? No, if you love it, do it. It's a shit business. But it's a shit it's business. It's a shit man. business. And it's not like you're the Coen Brothers and. And you can do whatever you want all the yeah. time with your own money. Even those guys. Do you know they're fighting and they're not making oh. movies together anymore? Yeah, see? It's a shit business. Yeah. I wonder if it's a Francis McDermott, Yoko Ono situation. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Stop putting your goddamn yeah. wife in the movie. <laughs> but she does win Academy Awards when she gets in uh, She's good. I, I'm just joking. I, I, don't, I don't know what the argument with those two, but they are kind of not making movies together. And they're not making good movies. They probably would have hit the same fate if we had continued. No, I doubt it. it they, I, I don't know why the, those guys, I don't know what the hell the problem is with those guys. They seem to work well together. I think the problem with that business is it's set up to make egos worse. Yeah. Well, also, when, and they talk about this with directors. You know, directors, it's good, and that's why Quentin wants to drop out. This is good movie news right here, too, obviously. They have mentioned that his 10th movie's starting to film in mm-hmm. August, and it's called The Movie Critic. We don't really know anything about it. We know he's trying to get Marco Roby, and I think Jessica Chastain's trying in it. to get him? Can't he just no. call him up and get him? Yeah, there's no one. If Quentin, why does he keep saying crying? Yeah. I'm trying to get this That's guy. the news story. I'm sure, I'm sure it's all he has to do is ask, and they say yes. We don't give yeah. a fuck. Be people, in my last movie. People take Quentin Tarantino roles before reading the script. There's no... Yeah reason you wouldn't do that so sam, you know sam jackson's in it you know everyone's in it i i would love to see the whole it, it's gonna be great i love all his i like but he is the biggest proponent and i've heard him mention on his pod several times uh he's like directors age out he, he's like he's like if you look at some of those old directors that we really loved they make yeah. bad shit now it's like it's a young person's game it's a stressful game it, you need to be young to be able to do it very few people can do it old there with as many directors as there are there's very few spielberg wide shot guy kubrick Spie, uh, yep uh spielberg and scorsese are two of the few older older guys but that can how, still put out but major quality stuff how much of scorsese how much is scorsese got his eye behind the camera a for the whole entire movie I think a good amount. Really? I think Scorsese is one of those ones. That's why he only packs movies with. That's why he refused to do a young actor to play De Niro in The Irishman. He says, "At the age I am, I only want to work with my friends." It's yeah. it's kind of a, yeah. a get together for him. That's why he'll only work with Leo now and and people that he's really familiar with and confident with. Not that he's not pulling in new actors, but he 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 he's there for a particular reason. He has fun doing it. I think. I mean, 
that sounds like a dream come true because the way you and I did it. Yeah. Once it was stressful. Yeah, it was stressful. Where's our own money? If it wasn't our money, it'd be stressful. And we didn't have enough of it. It would be stressful in a different way, but it would be a different kind of thing. You know, yeah, if you look at like directors, like Francis Ford Coppola just finished his movie. I'm wondering how good it's going to be because, you know, he kind of dropped off after Dracula and the Rainmaker. And and who knows what the hell he's going to make. John Carpenter's another one. John Carpenter's still around. He's doing stuff, but he's not making movies. Some people want just want to make that money. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's a good. shit business. It's a shit business. I don't fault someone for staying till the last. Oh, yeah. Like a Bruce Willis, like staying till the very last. I yeah. can't even remember my lines anymore. Yeah. But cast me because I'm going to put some money away from my family. That would be an interesting casting for uh, Quentin if they did it. Yeah. I, I don't think he leaves the house much, though, anymore. I don't think he can, yeah. can function anymore. No. I think his mental cognitive. Did you see the video? The video of I the, the Christmas video yeah, that was put out. He looked good. That stuff. No, that, no I know he best. looked good. I saw a still from it. It was one of those situations, if you just watched the video, you wouldn't know anything was wrong with him because it was one of his good moments. Yeah. But Demi was there and all his kids were there and they were uh, they were celebrating his birthday, I think. It wasn't Christmas. It was his birthday. Uh, he looked great and it was good. I think it's one of those, but you know, his wife put out that notification that if he goes, go out don't, don't don't approach him i said i said it's hard enough to to uh, convince him of what's going on and who people are and everything you're just going to confuse him you come over and scream to him about the whole nine yards and he's like what the fuck are you talking about i like hearing um you like stand-up comedians and you yeah. also like um but jay uh what's his name big jay silent bob jay and silent bob. oh yeah uh, kevin smith kevin smith yeah he has a bunch of Bruce Willis stories. Oh yeah, because they're they all funny. They they're all funny because they didn't get along for a while. Yeah, but now but, it, he, but they, now it all kind of makes sense that what he was going through. Yeah, yeah. That uh, but his stories are really funny. <laughs> but, yeah, he's got a couple of good ones. He did not have a good time on Cop Out. Uh-uh. Well, he he just lost control of the set. That's that's Kevin Smith's problem with Cop Out. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what's his name? Uh, who is Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis took over and just basically improv the whole script and it, and it showed if you watch that movie it's one of the worst movies ever made yeah there's nothing it's redeemable about Cop and he doesn't say he jokes about it yeah yeah they, they joke about movie. it but he can joke about it now but I think that was a dark period I think he oh, stopped sure. I think he was stopping making well, movies that was, he went on to do podcasts and, and not until Tusk that I think he came back yeah because or before it might have been Red State I don't know I mean he those Clerk movies were good yeah. but they were indie movies like he was but he went back and did a bunch of television. Yeah, he did the Arrow, Flash, The Flash, and now and I think Supergirl he had done. But yeah, his, and that's the stuff And he now loves. he stopped smoking weed, which for him I think is going to help because those early movies that uh, of Clerks, Mallrats, Dogma, Chasing Amy, he was not smoking weed. And I think his scripts are affected by it because those last few movies he put out, like that last Clerks movie and the last Jay and Silent movie, it shows, man. It's callback after callback after callback. He's just playing for a base now, and it, you need to go back and to your roots, man. So you think he should? I think he smoke should, weed again. Or you I think, think he, he should, should cast stop? somebody and uh, make a movie? make a movie and cast nobody that he's, he's been ever for, worked yeah. with before. That's what needs to happen because it's too many. Oh, look, it's Jason Lee. Oh, look, it's Ben Affleck. Oh, look, it's uh, yeah. Ethan Suppley. Uh, yeah, Brian O'Halloran. We like these people. You, you've, I like that he's having pandering to a base. Well, I I can see that with one movie, not all your movies. <laughs> let's not. You're not Tarantino. Yeah, you can't use your that. friends. Yeah, and Tarantino will elevate people. They, these people are doing the same one note that they've always done. They probably could. Well, he can't afford them. Man, how'd this turn into a shit on Kevin Smith pod? They can't, sorry, Kevin. I do love you. They can't afford Ben Affleck to come, so they're like, but <laughs> well, I can get him. Yeah. But we get we get two minutes. Yeah. He's coming in to do two minutes. He'll be at four o'clock. He's saying snoochie boochies and yep. he's leaving. Two minutes and he's out. <laughs> If you go one minute over two yeah, minutes, you want Jason Mewes? I can give you him the whole movie. No yeah, problem. He can star the whole thing, but if you want, <laughs> uh, yeah. So whatever. It's, he would even great. say the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He knows, but oh yeah. But that's Miami Blues, man. It's a great one on Tubi, man. Tubi, I keep uh, singing their praises every week, but they they deserve it. They're pulling out movies that are almost impossible to find. Movies that have never been released on. I'm DVD. sure they're doing it for your enjoyment too. They, they're doing it for the people like me for sure. The people. Even the you're movies, the demographic. Oh yeah, yeah. Going for. Because even if you go to what I do on Tubi, and if you go down to the categories and you go right to cult movies, ah, oh, it's great. But even if you go, don't go to cult movies and you go to drama or horror, they all are kind of cult movies. Uh-huh. They do have some good ones in there. You'll see RoboCop thrown in there, or you'll see John Wick, or uh, 
or Insomnia or one of those like uh, movies that you're surprised it's on there, but they all have kind of a, an ongoing theme. Justin, if you listen to this, I was going to text you this, but since you're listening, I'm going to, I'll tell you on here, Big Shots is available on Tubi. Now, Justin's going to be thrilled with that. Not many people besides, I've never in my life is that met- the hockey movie? No. I've never in my life met anyone besides me and Justin and maybe Matt our brother who knows what's big shots is it's a movie with uh do you know the little black kid who was in uh, he, he was not a little black kid he was like the older son from family matters when he was young he was like a child actor and it was him and a nine-year-old kid that robbed a pawn shop for a watch and then they ended up uh getting money accidentally and they started buying cars and the mob was after him but there were a couple little kids it was almost like that blind check movie uh-huh. but it was uh these two little ki- kids little criminal little enterprise. criminal kids and it was called big shots and it was awesome i loved it but you had to be like it's probably not a gr- kid you loved it yeah too. you're a kid you love it. it it doesn't hold up to a 30 year old but it's on tubi and i'm like how the fuck that's a movie that you might be able to find on youtube or modified DVDs that were made uh, bootleg When style. I was a kid, kid-winning movies were great. Like, when, Oh, were, yeah. I mean, Goonies is probably... And if we were a little bit older than we were, I think that was blank check for a lot of people. Okay. That kid got the blank I check. I blank and, check. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it back It was fun. I think I even watched it when I was in my 20s, and I, I liked it. I think it was like the first Giamatti movie. I think Giamatti was like in that, that movie before that. I like the one with the kid that gets into the major leagues. because he Yeah, played, yeah, Little Big League. Arm. Little Big League. That was another one, yeah, kid-winning that, movie. Yeah, those the kid ones were big back then. It was great, even big. It wasn't like <laughs> <laughs> because Bad News Bears was a little dirtier than that. Oh yeah, 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 a little grittier. Oh man, go back and watch that. <laughs> we do me. We should do a category of movies D- that don't domestic hold violence up. and giving and giving alcohol to minors. You know, like good movies that are cringe worthy watching now. Yeah, yeah and uh, that would be a, Bad News Bears would when be. He right walks the top out of the that. mound and slaps his son oh, down man. to the ground. Like I was a huge Little League fan. That was my life growing up. That was uh, Vic Morrow too from uh, yeah. Get Your Head Cut oh, yeah. Off and uh, Twilight Zone the movie. Sorry. Vic Morrow. He played a he he was another guy that played a prick in every movie. He yeah. would be on that list along with Paul Gleason, mm-hmm. probably a sweetheart in real life. But man, he knew how to play an asshole. There's a reason they cast him as the racist in the Twilight Zone movie. They thought he could pull it off. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did write quite well. All right, that's gonna be it for this week. Like I said, next week, or uh, I think it's next week, it's definitely in the coming weeks that me and Justin are going to do FX and FX1, both available on Tubi. Like I said, type in F slash X, and both of them will pop up. You'll have a fun-ass time. Both those movies hold up uh, like gangbusters, and they're a lot of fun with Brian Dennehy, Brian Brown. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. Then I got another one coming with Dave, and then me and my cousin are going to be doing one. But a lot of good stuff coming up. So if you want to shoot us a message, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, or you can leave us a like or a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, or you could visit us on Facebook and check out the pictures we post and the upcoming uh, notifications on there. And uh, talk to me and Justin. We'll get back to you. But until next week, see you. Bye. I think I hit him. Can't hit shit. <laughs>